What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. What's up, folks? We've got another Roundup episode today, and we're talking AI. And before you dismiss this and skip ahead, here's a quick summary of why the excitement around generative AI isn't just hype. It's a sustainable shift. So hear me out. While some may perceive AI to be losing steam, largely due to a surge of grifters in the field, this is not your average trend. In episode 78, we spoke with Juan Mendoza, the CEO of the MarTech Weekly, about why Gen AI is distinct. It's essentially not a mere hype or a future possibility. Gen AI delivers practical value today. I mean, examining Google Trends data for the search term AI plus marketing, we notice a significant surge starting in November 2022. Obviously, this coincides with the release of ChatGPT, but this surge peaked in May 2023. I'm recording this at the end of September 2023. Uh, so in May, GPT-4 became mainstream, and normally you'd expect interest to wane after such a peak by, by now, by the end of September but it has actually barely dipped. We're currently sitting at a 94 out of 100 search interest compared to this summer speak. To me, this suggests that this is a sustained rather than fleeting interest in the technology. Obviously, while no one has a crystal ball, there is broad agreement that AI is far from making marketing roles obsolete. Instead, it's augmenting the work we do, not replacing it. In an effort to explore further how we can better future-proof ourselves as marketers, I've asked recent guests on the show what specific aspects of marketing make it resistant to AI. I think AI has uh, clearly transformed various industries. AI is not going to replace uh, you know, that work anytime soon. AI has a lot of potential in marketing. The answer to that is yes, for what we do today. The biggest challenge that AI has. <laughs> I love your last sentence, replace everything that marketer does. <laughs> <laughs> These insights from these discussions have been super fascinating and essentially underscore things like the unique value and human touch that marketers bring to the table. So here's today's main takeaway. Your real edge in marketing fuses a nuanced understanding of business context, ethics, and human emotion with capabilities like intuition, brand voice, and adaptability. Areas where AI can sort data but can't yet match our ability to craft compelling stories. AI isn't pushing you aside, it's actually elevating you to a strategic role. Given obviously that you focus on AI literacy and we'll dive into this idea of maintaining a human oversight layer. This isn't a story of human versus machine, it's actually about how both can collaborate to tackle complexities too challenging for either to navigate alone. AI is less a replacement and more of a reckoning. It's not coming for us, it's coming for our inefficiencies, our lack of adaptability, and our refusal to evolve. AI is kind of holding up a mirror to the marketing industry, asking us not if we can be replaced, but rather why we haven't stepped up our game yet. So buckle up folks, this roundup of experts doesn't just debate the future, it challenges our very role in it. Let's do it. All right, let's 
let's start off in marketing operations. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love the spiciness of you challenging <laughs> me <laughs> on this question. Um, you know, like, you're right. I'm saving myself a little bit by saying, hey, um, anytime soon. Um, but I also think that, um, like, really specifically, uh, this category of marketing operations is, is going to be very difficult to uh, completely abstract away from, from human interaction. That's Mike Rizzo, the founder of MarketingOps.com. We asked him to dive into his view that AI won't be replacing marketing jobs anytime soon, a point that has some level of ambiguity, and we dive into that with Mike, but the question for him basically aimed to uncover what he specifically means by anytime soon and why he believes that AI won't fully automate the role of marketing operations in the near future. Um, and so one of the reasons that I feel that way is that, you know, your experience at a SMB startup versus an enterprise startup and the nuances of what it means to generate a lead versus an MQL versus an SQL versus a PQL versus a whatever other L you want to add to this <laughs> list. Um, those those little tiny nuances of how you move data, where it goes, when and why, and who needs to be notified, all of that operational architecture and you know that framework that you need to build around your unique organization's uh, way of doing business is very hard to abstract away into AI. I'm not saying that components of it can't be uh, sort mm -hmm. of consulted. <laughs> you know, uh, Perhaps AI can help you optimize by looking at well, it looks like, you know, these channels help produce the, you know, MQL. So maybe you should change your definition of the scoring criteria, whatever, whatever. Um, but I think the nuance of like, you know, how you build a tool, just like building a new piece of software is like, you might be able to queue up an AI with some ideas based on the interviews that you've had with potential customers of this new product you want to bring to market. But it still takes that, that conversation to figure out like, you know, when you run a MarTech stack, it is like running a product. Mm -hmm. So I need to understand what is my product roadmap? How do I enable these folks? Uh, and maybe you can consult with some AI to help um, streamline some of that process. But it is just like, it's so bespoke every single time. <laughs> yeah. um, I just don't see that going away. And so yeah, to, to some extent, there will be things that that AI will do better. Right. And I don't, don't get me wrong. Like I definitely use GPT uh, to my advantage on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I think the fine tuning of all this stuff, particularly in the marketing ops and rev ops space is going to be quite difficult to take away. So Mike is suggesting that AI has its uses, but the nuanced, unique nature of marketing operations make it a field that's resistant to full automation. There's considerable value in human oversight that not even the most advanced AI can replicate. While AI might have some challenges with the nuances of marketing ops, AI does have a foothold in some marketing sectors. Okay. Um, I think trusting in data is really hard. Uh, yeah. And AI actually makes it even harder, 
right? That's Boris Jabez, the co-founder and CEO at Census. Let's say you wanted to write a really good campaign to engage a user, right? So I think if you're operating in a world where fuzziness is okay, so maybe ad tech is a good example, <laughs> then AI is already a huge player. Arguably, under the covers, you don't realize, but people have been putting ads into Facebook and Google. You've already been dealing with absolutely world-class AI to try to figure out where to put your ad. So it's already happening. And there, I think AI is already like, it will just help you on the producer side, on the marketer side, to generate more content faster to feed the machine that is Google and Facebook. So that's actually just net good. We should use it right away. Anyone who's not trying to 10x or 100x the quantity of options they feed the system is, is falling behind. Um, but when it comes to, let's say you wanted to put AI to answer a question to a customer about something very important, like whether you're how to get a wheelchair in a place where you want to be ADA compliant. Mm. Do you really want to answer with a hallucination? <laughs> Don't know. So you're going to have to figure out how to constrain these systems. And I do think that is something that there's a ripe space to kind of help people give it correct data and, and constrain its answers to things that you would be comfortable with, whether that's PII or, or just correctness. And so... I think that's going to hold back a lot of bigger companies. Smaller companies are just going to go nuts and have fun with it. And it's great. <laughs> I think marketers should absolutely play. If you're not yeah. playing with AI right now, I don't know. Like, you, I don't know if you should be employed in the field of marketing. Uh, uh, harsh. I know. I know. Uh, but at least you'd be playing. But I think there's a huge opportunity uh, as, as real companies need to deploy AI and they go like, how do I play in this? You're going to want to give them more trust in the data. And so, you know, even there, there's a role for us to play of like just at least helping more people get data they trust uh, uh, to power these systems. So AI has carved out a substantial role in specific sectors of marketing like ad tech, but it still has limitations that require human oversight. Trust in data and the ability to constrain AI responses are areas where marketers can add significant value. Over the next few years, marketers will be invaluable when it comes to ensuring data integrity and guiding AI's influence. Let's explore how marketing roles might evolve across different verticals. There's a lot of perspectives on this. There's a lot of bets that we can make. But I would say, you know, in terms of the evolution of AI, we have to think about AI in the marketing space as two different things. That's Pratik Desai, founder and chief architect at One to One, an agency focused on personalization strategy and implementation. There's curation AI, which we're we're all familiar with, and you know, there's been a lot of documentaries on, you know, what curation AI does on social media, targeted ads, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then the, there's the the evolution in the last let's say six months of generation AI. So everything that we're talking about in terms of chat GPT, uh, mid journey, all of that. And I'd say the combination of the two is really what's going to create new technologies and new processes within the marketing world. So I, I do think that's gonna take time, right? Even prior to six months ago, curation AI was actually in a, in a situation that it could really run your marketing program for you as long as you knew how to integrate it in a way that made sense. And you could use the tool and prompt it in a way that it, it goes out and actually personalizes the content delivered to your customer. But the reality is industry doesn't work that way, right? So it, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about e-commerce, of course, getting things wrong and, and recommending the wrong product 
let's say 15% of the time, totally fine, right? 85% of the time you actually recommend the right product. You're creating a situation that marketers today could not do manually. 85% of the time an AI getting it right is going to create a massive uptick in revenue. And that's just massive. But when you start to look at other industries, for instance, financial services, recommending the wrong APR for a mortgage loan or wrong, recommending the, the wrong, um, let's say, diagnosis for a healthcare industry, you can't get that wrong. Yeah. There's no 15% that's okay with getting that wrong, right? So <laughs> now you start to get it. Yeah. So you start to get into a situation where curation AI can only go so far because of the way the technology works today and how it gets applied to heavily regulated uh, industry. So obviously, as I start to look at my clients and how they've in, embedded curation AI into their technology, there's a lot of test and learn, test into things, but there's still a lot of, let's call it marketer control being applied to make sure that regulations are being followed depending on the industry. It's a little bit more, you know, obviously the, the least I've, I've seen is within e-commerce. That being said, even within e-commerce, there's still an idea of, yes, let the AI recommend it, but let's slot in some additional merchandising control because we want these products to move from a velocity perspective. So um, there is there is time that's going to be needed to actually embed mm -hmm. in the culture of these companies, enterprise level companies that have these processes and have the way that that, that they know how work, have a way that they work and, and they know that it works and want to actually integrate these, these tools. So that, that brings us into generation AI. So obviously, there's a main issue in using AI from a curative curation perspective, which is needing the copy and needing the content. Obviously, when you re rely on a design team that has, you know, has to go out and build those images, approve the copy, and you start to build the generative AI into the process, you start to get into a position where you know, mid-journey can spit out images in seconds that would take your design team weeks to take. To build. So obviously now you get into a situation where you can inject that technology into the process. And now a combination of curation AI and generation AI actually runs your entire marketing program, right? Generation AI will generate the copy and content for the curation AI to target the right users at the right time with the right AI generated content. So where does that leave the marketer? I think, I think with industries of low regulation, marketers become critical prompt thinkers and industries with high regulation, they would also add the job title of AI regulator. So the role of the marketer is changing, but not disappearing. In industries with low regulation, marketers might transition to becoming critical prompt thinkers, while in more regulated sectors, they might wear the additional hat of AI regulators. This reveals the dual nature of AI, if you will, a tool that can enhance efficiency but requires human oversight for all of that nuance and regulatory compliance. this idea of AI regulator from Bertique, uh, this inherent necessity of a marketer control layer to ensure compliance and accuracy is actually a shared idea that a couple of different guests have shared as well. 
<laughs> I love your last sentence, replace everything that marketer does. To do. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this topic, uh, super interested in it. Uh, I have been in, in the area for many, many years. That's Tamara Grusbarg, VP of Customer Strategy at Action IQ. Frankly, I think we would do ourselves a favor if we could be a little more thoughtful about what actually AI can and cannot replace when it comes to marketing in particular, right? In in the near and, and even medium term. You know, there are definitely certain parts of the job that can be replaced, potentially changed, right? Certain functions can be changed. People would need to, without a doubt, uh, acquire new skills to work in this new environment uh, with Gen AI as as an assistant. Uh, But I'm very far from the statement that AI can just replace everything in marketing. Um, so what do I mean by that? What can and, and should be replaced, right? All of the manual repetitive tasks that, you know, corporate functions and again, marketing in particular has plenty of, um, definitely, definitely can be automated, optimized, uh, when it comes to generative AI specifically, um definitely um should and will help with generating content uh but it still needs a partner right it it just it doesn't get the idea for the content out of thin air and um this is actually how we'd like to describe our approach and our philosophy um ai philosophy at action aq as a human in the loop um, someone needs to have a conversation with Gen AI tool, someone who has an idea for the content, for the message, for tone of voice, for style, and who can it be if it's not a marketer, right? And and otherwise, I mean, we risk having everything sounding and looking exactly the same, mm-hmm. right? And it... Um, basically would would make all of the marketing initiatives and strategies less effective, not more. Uh, There is this very well-used phrase in marketing, in brand marketing in particular, um, saying we need to cut through the noise, right? So I think it's even more critical to have human in the loop with the assistance from Gen AI to be able to cut through the noise. Um, so help with first drafts, multiple versioning of content, absolutely. But being responsible for the final product, I, I really don't think so. And I actually see this and as an extension um, or pretty much following the same trajectory as uh, other types of AI or machine learning tools, because, you know, professionals know that it's impossible to build a good, robust model, for example, um, predictive model for conversion, churn, lifetime value, you name it, without having a strong grasp of business context, of understanding the underlying data, 
data structure basically without human in the loop. So, uh, no, I don't see Gen AI replacing everything that marketers do anytime soon. So Tamara stressed the importance of human expertise in data analytics and predictive modeling. While AI can handle data computation, it lacks the ability to understand business context and the nuances of data. She advocates for a human-in-the-loop approach at Action IQ, which keeps marketers engaged with AI tools. This collaboration ensures brand-specific messaging and avoids market homogenization. The idea of brand-specific messaging also extends to visual brand marketing and AI's lack of ability to follow a brand guideline, at least for now. Again, I think I'm not too deep on the notion of, the, let's say if you talk about a creation like studio work, right? That's a, so you got like me journey doing a really good job, but that's more of a, a comic book type of, of work. And I know it's still got problem with the hands, right? That aren't looking that yeah. great. That's Penny Yakul, a trailblazing entrepreneur and the CEO of OptiMove, a platform that's operating what I think is light years ahead of most MarTech when it comes to AI features. I don't know, like I spoke to one of my designers and I was like, what do you think? So she, she was like, look, if I want like, you know, a studio work of, of a picture with a unicorn, you know, riding a motorcycle in Mars, right? Th that thing's going to do it much better than me. Like it's going to be, but in reality, I'm designing banners for OptiMove with our own look and feel and the specific design language that we have and we came up with and the, our own style guide. And I need to integrate this and this, and, and it's not yet there for me. That's, that's at least what she said. So Penny argues that the barrier to AI fully replacing human marketers lies in its inability to understand and replicate the nuanced human elements that make up a brand's unique design language. Until AI can integrate this human touch, it will remain a tool rather than a replacement. asked a marketer in the mid-80s if the internet would replace everything a marketer did back then, they probably would have been skeptical. And to be fair, it didn't replace everything, but marketing looked dramatically different 10 to 15 years after that. At the heart of roles shifting and a marketer control layer is this idea of marketers needing to adapt. Yeah, I think the challenge, will AI replace marketers? The answer to that is yes, for what we do today. And I think that's interesting because marketing in the 90s is different than the marketing in the early 2000s, which is different now. So marketers' jobs have always been evolving. That's Diana Ballou, Senior Vice President of DXP Products at Acquia. So is it actually going to replace them or is it going to allow them to transform and change? And that's the thing that I think is most interesting to think about is how are we going to adapt? What are marketers going to need to do to create content to feed the AI agents, to, to really think about um, and, and increase their AI literacy, to think about the models that are underlying um, some, of, some of the AI that is now powering pieces of this. Because in order to really 
get the adoption of AI to be um, replacing marketers, we need trusted data. We need AI that can be trusted. We don't have that, especially not with ChatGPT4, mm. right? <laughs> or that model, like it's not yet trusted because the data itself is so vast and it's coming from all of these places. So somewhere along the line, we're going to have to really increase our AI literacy and start putting together proprietary models that somebody is curating that data, that someone is deciding that goes into these models that then is um, builds everything else that they're going to do off that. So I really, you know, think that yes, the role of a marketer is going to change, but it also is going to free them. It's going to free them from the mundane tasks that they're doing right now. It's going to, you know, allow them to maybe answer questions better with data, use chat UX interfaces to just say like, tell me what's the next best customer segment to go after. And the data is going to show you. They don't need to go and try to curate that from a BI analyst to then look at the data themselves. They now have these interfaces where they can just ask it prompts and questions and continue to, to curate that to hopefully get the answers they need if that data is trusted. And that's going to be the learning curve here, or really mm -hmm. that curve is at what point will that will the data be trusted enough to be able to um, replace the human actors that need to go in between right now to double check and approve what marketers do today. So Deanna underscores the role of trust as the linchpin for AI adoption in marketing. Marketers should focus on increasing their AI literacy and understanding of underlying models to prepare for this AI shift. Without trusted data and models, even the most advanced AI can't eliminate the human checkpoint in marketing decisions. So there's a clear trend so far that the human checkpoint in AI isn't going away anytime soon. And that means there's a clear signal for marketers to follow Deanna's advice and double down on AI literacy. The next question is really about how fast you should consider doing this. How fast will we need to adapt? I actually think that the biggest challenge that AI has is uh, the speed at which we are, as human beings, we are able to absorb and adopt new concepts. That's Alexandra Lomachenka, a marketing technology consultant. And there is just an absolutely beautiful example from a completely different time, from a completely different part of the world. And I'm based in Scotland right now, you're in Canada. And the, the example is actually from Japan. And uh, it was the post-war period. And you can imagine Japan after the Second World War in um, early 50s. And the country is ruined and there's lots of devastating memories there. And uh, the occupation has just ended. So the people of Japan, they are ready to rebuild their country. And they value life right now more than anything. And they want to manifest it through all the means they possibly can. And there is a group of young architects and they just, they refuse to use architecture just as a tool. They want to use architecture to manifest like that they value life, that, you know, they want to manifest this idea of regeneration. And they start thinking about the architecture as about a living organism. So they think about the architecture as something that they would imagine it, buildings would have a spine and after that there would be modular capsules that would be attached to this building 
And if you, you know, your family is out, has outgrown the capsule, you would buy, you would get another one. Or if it is worn out, you would do the same. And they were dreaming about the space cities and the floating cities and some landscape integrated houses. And it definitely was considered like the future, like that's exactly how it's going to look like. Uh, and it was 70 years ago, early 50s. Then in 70s, uh, there was uh, an architect and Kisho uh, Kurokawa, and he built a capsule tower in Tokyo. And it was also like absolutely incredible. You know, it had this spine and after that 100 capsules that would be attached to it <laughs> and uh, it was actually built and once again it was considered like oh my god like this is the future and it's ironic that right now it's actually faces demolition and these capsules mm. they are not used for living they're used for storage but people so some and and this old woman that it is known as uh, japanese metabolism and yes, maybe it doesn't exist as it was envisioned back then. But right now we have this concept of, you know, modular buildings, highly modular buildings. We have these beautiful houses integrated in the landscape. And also I was thinking about, you know, the whole concept of, I don't know, like Pandora or Tesla or the full concept of the App Store. It actually has, you know, the same in their nature. Having something foundational and then small elements attached to it, it seems to me like this is similar to AI and it fascinates me how bold ideas of the past, how they were able to shape the future. So when I think about how AI, like how it will progress and how it will shape us, I, I actually think that it will happen organically. So it won't be some sort of a disruption and, re and revolution, but it will be a very organic and natural evolution that in 20 years from now or 50 years from now, it would feel like as natural as us ha having modular houses. Alexandra suggests that the pace at which humans can adapt to new ideas is one of the limiting factors in AI's ability to replace marketers. She predicts a gradual organic evolution of AI in marketing, driven more by human adaptation than by technological capabilities. <laughs> While the advance of AI in the marketing sphere could be more of a steady march than an overnight revolution, there's a threshold it hasn't crossed. The realm of human intuition and gut decision-making. AI has a lot of potential in marketing. There's just so, so much that happens when it comes to marketing, data, experimentation, where uh, people just try a few things or go with their gut because they don't have the tools and capabilities to try every permutation or mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, generate a hundred more audiences, et cetera. That's Tejas Monahar, the co-founder and co-CEO at High Touch. And I think the writing is on the wall to say that there's applications of generative AI, as well as just reinforcement learning to, you know, bring these capabilities to marketers and the, the way, the way they run experiments, especially and build campaigns today. Um, so I am bullish on, on AI in marketing. 
the same way that I've been bullish on giving marketers access to you all the data in the data warehouse, I'm bullish on giving them access to all the powerful capabilities in data platforms like Databricks and Snowflake, which I believe will be leaders in the AI space in the enterprise. Um, so very bullish on the trend, but I don't think AI is going to, you know, replace the marketing department of, uh, of companies anytime soon. Um, anyone who's spent a reasonable amount of time in marketing, um, including the more quantitative areas of marketing, like demand generation and, um, you know, performance marketing, understand the impact of, of qualitative changes, all right, versus just data-driven activities. Um, and that, that, that's, the, you know, I've had to learn as a CEO, I've had to learn how to interview for the marketing role, which is not a, a profession I worked in before. And I look for them, you know, people who understand the quantitative side of things and the qualitative side of things, use intuition and use, um, and use uh, reasoning and talk to customers and just use like a couple insights to just make huge strategic changes and experiments that can totally affect the outcomes of programs. Um, and I think right now, as, as impressive as things like ChatGPT are, um, you know, generative AI is not, is not at the state where it can fully replace like human intelligence as much as it can augment and superpower human intelligence. Um, so I think, you know, eventually there might be a world where, where uh, that AI can totally replace the, the role of a, of, a, of, a, of a marketer, but then we have other problems as a society. Maybe <laughs> some singularity type problems at that point. And we have bigger problems to worry about uh, across across every job and not just marketing. Um, but to not be a doomist here, I mean, I think the, the likely case is that over the next few years, we will see a radical change to the role of a marketer. Um, but it'll be more of an augmentation, I think, uh, which is just like we're bringing all the, the access to you know, all the data around a business to the marketer, and that's a huge unlock. They don't have to ask for CSVs or ask for specific like, scripts to be built anymore to do things, and they can you know play around with the data, build audiences, understand how many customers are in different cohorts in a self-service way. I think the power of AI needs to come to every aspect of marketing from brand to, uh, to planning to audience segmentation to one-to-one -one personalization to experimentation, which I think is a really, really, really big one, actually, uh, and, uh, and augment those capabilities. So according to Tejas, AI's current role in marketing is as an augmenter, not a replacer. While it excels at quantitative tasks, it lacks the nuanced understanding of human emotion and intuition that is critical for effective marketing. Its potential lies in the empowerment it can offer marketers through data access and automation. Many of the marketers I chatted with echoed Tejas that AI may be able to process data and spit out automated directives, but it can't yet repl replicate the unpredictable qualitative essence of what makes marketing tick. And one particular guest actually flipped a script on me and argued that the exciting debate isn't if AI is going to replace marketers, it's actually how AI is going to augment the role of marketers. Yeah, I think I'm still in the camp here where for like what I would call good marketing, 
Um, yeah, uh, AI is not going to replace, uh, you know, that work anytime soon. That's the MarTech landscape creator, the godfather of MarTech himself, Mr. Scott Brinker. Um, I do think, you know, it's, it's sometimes like an often used phrase of, oh, your job won't be replaced by AI. It'll be replaced by another marketer who's good at using AI. Yeah. I actually, uh, as... As much as that's okay, that, that's sort of a bit of a cheesy, cheeky way of saying it. But I actually think it's very real, which is what we're talking about here is a set of capabilities, very broad, right? I mean, like these initial use cases around like content generation or whatnot are interesting, useful, a lot of ways that can go. But some of the things this is opening up with how it lets us like better harness data, how it's going to let us like do more sophisticated kinds of automation across marketing uh, is I actually think on the MarTech side of things, the ability for marketing ops leaders, uh, you know, MarTech professionals to be able to leverage generative AI um, to sort of like up level the capabilities uh, of what their stack can do, what their operations can do. To me, that's where all the really exciting stuff is. So I, I think it's more of, um, I don't see the AI replacing all of that, but I see it becoming a big part of what that job entails. So the future of marketing isn't a binary choice between human intuition and machine capabilities. Rather, it's this synergistic relationship where each amplifies each other. For Scott, the real excitement lies in how AI is going to augment, not replace the role of marketers. While AI will continue to amplify the reach and efficiency of marketing efforts, experts agree their role remains largely complementary to human skill sets. Despite its analytical prowess and automation capabilities, AI hasn't cracked the code on intuition and following brand guidelines. But what about emotional intelligence or compelling storytelling, elements that are often considered the heart and soul of effective marketing? I think AI has uh, clearly transformed various industries and including uh, marketing for, for sure. But while AI has the potential to enhance to automate uh, several aspects of marketing. It still faces some challenges in replacing every uh, everything a marketer does on a daily basis. That's Lucie D'Antony, head of marketing at GrantMe. To me, one of the primary challenge is to um, replicating the human creativity and the emotional intelligence. Um, marketing often involves developing creating campaigns, working on storytelling, understanding basically the human emotions uh, to use it in your own story, in your business. And I think so far the AI is, is basically incapable to do that. And I think that's also a good news because the day AI will be able to do that, I think as a marketer, it will be a complicated situation to manage. So yes, let's say it's a good news. It's a big challenge, but it's also why marketers are still here because we have this capability to understand the human being and not the AI. Lucie emphasizes that the strength of human marketers lies in their ability to understand and evoke human emotions, a skill set that AI, despite its advancements, can't yet replicate. Therefore, while AI can be a powerful tool for marketers, the human element in marketing remains irreplaceable. (music) 
So folks, I hope you enjoyed hearing uh, from a bunch of different opinions. I think there's definitely been some common threads, right? Like AI is already rampant in, in marketing, particularly in fields like ad tech. Um, but Gen AI is not a magic bullet. Human expertise is essential for interpreting data and grasping all those brand nuances. I think nuance is a term that um, almost every guest used. Um, also this idea of like human oversight or human in the loop approach uh, that creates this like check and balances system fostering trust in data that's generated by AI and offers the emotional intelligence that machines lack today. Marketing rules are evolving, but definitely not vanishing. Everyone said that. Uh, in sectors with fewer regulations, marketers could morph into strategic thinkers, whereas in tightly controlled industries, like Pratik said, they're becoming essential AI regulators, so to speak. And to effectively ride this wave, as Diana pointed out, increasing AI literacy among marketers is a non-negotiable skill. We heard from Alexandra that the speed at which AI becomes a staple in MarTech is not solely a question of technological prowess. It's about how quickly humans can adapt and find ways to integrate AI into existing frameworks. The most viable future is not a zero-sum game between human and machine. It's a collaborative one where each enhances the other's strengths. So you heard it here first, folks. Your real edge in marketing fuses a nuanced understanding of business context, ethics, and human emotion with capabilities like intuition, brand voice, and adaptability. Areas where AI can sort data but can't match your ability to craft compelling stories. AI isn't pushing you aside. It's elevating you to a strategic role, giving you focus on AI literacy, and maintain this idea of human oversight. This isn't a story of human versus machine, it's about how both can collaborate to tackle complexities too challenging for either to navigate alone. We'll catch you guys next time.